Hello again, everyone. Good morning and welcome to Bartow Sports Zone. It's time to get you in the zone on this Friday morning. Your source for local coach interviews, local sports news information, and local sports talk. I'm your host, Charles Wilson. I'll be joined today by members of the Bartow Sports Zone team, Alan Sanders, Mike Garcia in the WBHF studios. We've got Jackson Hyde on the Zoom line with me this morning. We'll hear from Brad Stevens and Nick Sullivan a little bit later on this morning. On today's show, we visit with the Daresville head baseball coach, Billy Roper, and our high school basketball analyst, Kyle Sandy, will be along a little later on from sandyspill.com. Then we'll update you on some local sports from this past week. We'll take a look ahead as well and then discuss some hot topics out there in the world of sports. So we hope you stick around for the next couple of hours. We're glad you've joined us, and we remind you that you can always find our free podcast downloads available on your favorite podcatcher or your favorite listening devices. Just search for Bartow's Sports Zone Podcast. We're brought to you by Styles Auto Care, Elite Stone Supply, Latitude Blue, St. Angelo's Pizza, Derek Strange, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, First Class Collision Center, Johnny's New York Style Pizza, Wilson Pools All-Star Roofing, and Three-Way Campers. Well, we'll not wait any longer. We'll get today's show started and welcome in the head coach of the Adairsville Tigers, Billy Roper. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Charles. How you doing? Glad to have you with us on uh, Bartow Sports Zone this morning. Uh, welcome to the zone. Uh, we've had some annoying wet weather lately, so uh, that must mean it's baseball season, Coach. Well, the weather's great until baseball season starts. We definitely uh, having some challenges this week with the weather getting in ball game. We was fortunate enough to get one in last night. Didn't end the way it wanted, but at least we were able to get out there and compete a little bit. Yeah, the Tigers taking on Coosa last night. You moved the game over to Lake Point. Uh, we have the luxury locally of having that facility available to our local teams quite often. So uh, uh, tell us a little bit about, take us through that game last night. Tell us how uh, that went with the Coosa Eagles. Well, it was, you know, it was, it was a pitcher's duel early. I mean, we had our, um, we had Evan Sanders going for us and they had, um, I think his last name was King, same kid to beat Lovett in the playoff last year. So um, it was a good pitching duel and they, they got one on us early. Then I think they got, they got three on us. They were up four to nothing. We scratched back, got it four to two. In the sixth inning, we had bases loaded, one out, so we were just unable to, you know, get a get a couple runs. And then they got one late and wind up getting us five to three. But um, we saw two pitchers that you know are definitely going to get us ready for region. I mean, top top notch pitching around in this area. Very good, and we'll get to uh, part of your roster in your lineup in just a little bit. We want to welcome in Jackson Hyde. He's on our Zoom connection with us as well. Good morning, Jackson. Uh, good morning, Coach Wilson. Coach Roper, how are you guys this morning? All right, sir. How doing, you doing very well. Um, how are things at the Hyde household today? Uh, we're moving right along. Moving right along. We got Absolutely. Uh, good morning and uh, welcome to the show. Coach uh, Roper, I know that uh, you, you, you took one on the chin last night with Kusa, but you also have opened the season with a doubleheader split against Darlington last weekend. I'm assuming there were some pleasant surprises in that one as well, uh, and maybe you identified some things that you need to work on. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm never happy with a loss. <laughs> but um, but the two losses that we have, we have seen vast improvement. I mean, we got – at any moment, we got three or four sophomores out there. You know, we have we have three seniors – we got six juniors, and two of those juniors are are out with arm issues. So at any moment, you know, we we, we could be a young team. So we're 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 definitely competing, but we got to find a way to, um, you know, to get those those runs when we need them to give ourselves a chance. But uh, but I've been very pleased with our with our pitching up to this point. We've had some young guys, a couple of freshmen come in and pitch for us, Peyton Bowen and Jackson Jack Nelson. You know, in a normal year, they wouldn't have to come in and pitch on varsity this early. But but with the arm issues we have with a couple of our pitchers, they've had to come in and pitch, and I'm very pleased with those guys. And we'll talk more about those guys in just a few minutes. But uh, before this first break this morning, we've got a little less than a couple of minutes. Um, who's helping you with your coaching duties this time? Uh, give us a little background on who's uh, your assistants. 
Uh, we have uh, Josh Mitchell. He's our, our hitting instructor and, and deals with our infielders. He used to be the head coach at Model and Chattooga. And I think he played at play Chattooga, but he's been with us. This is his second year. We have Jimmy Whitmore. He does our pitching and works with our infielders. This is his third year with us. Uh, we have Bill Bishop. He uh, deals with our catchers and helps with JV. And then we have uh, Blaine Bishop, which works with our outfield and has some JV responsibilities. But that's and I know from uh, my coaching days and, and you know from all the coaching aspects that you, you've been a part of, we can't get it done alone when we're at the top of that chain. Well, we've got to have plenty of good help. Well, they make it they make it easy. Sometimes I sit around at practice and I, I get bored because you know once I get them to the field and get the practice plan, you let them go. I wind up you know twiddling my fingers. So you know, but they do a great job. And like I said, we put in a lot of hard work, and you know, may not be seen yet, but it's it's definitely going to get there. We'll talk more about the Adairsville Tigers. We'll take a look at your schedule, talk about Region Six AAA, and then talk about some of the top players on the Tigers when we come back. To Bartow Sports Zone. Proud sponsors of the Elite Athletes of the Month, Elite Stone Supply at Baker Road and US 41 North of Cartersville is your local authorized Husqvarna dealer. See Elite for help with all your landscaping needs or supplies and check out our inventory of mowers, tillers, trimmers, and blowers. Need pine straw, mulch, sand, or topsoil? How about cultured or natural stone? Elite has tons of options and we deliver. Across from Racetrack just north of Cartersville on Facebook and at EliteStoneSupply.net. Welcome back, everyone, to Bartow Sports Zone. A little eye of the tiger in honor of Coach Billy Roper this morning with the Adairsville Tigers, their baseball program. Coach, uh, we never have enough time to run through everything, but before we get too far along, you and I were talking during the break. Baseball really just doesn't have a, lo- a long, drawn-out preseason. You kind of get your guys, and the season gets upon you very quickly. Well, you know, you have, you know, small school like us. You have your wrestlers. You have your basketball players. You know, all of a sudden, you know, then you you get them back, and, and you've been practicing for like a month, but it's, a, it's like a puzzle. You know, you're trying to get that puzzle together, and you're trying to get the pieces. You know what you got now but you still got to get them there and get them to work and get the chemistry. That's the toughest thing to get sometimes with baseball when you got guys coming, you know, all around you. But, um, but we're dealing with it. And like I said, we normally, you know, these first four or five games, you know, we're trying to get a feeling for what we got and who plays with who pitches, things like that, you know, so it, it's a puzzle. And we're definitely uh, trying to, trying to fit the pieces. Let's take a look at your upcoming non-region schedule. Of course, you got three games under your belt already Saturday. You've got a doubleheader scheduled at home with our Murchie. You've got a home game coming up next Tuesday against Tryon. So a chance for uh, the local folks to come out and see the Tigers early in the yes, season. Sir. Yes, so we're going to try to do what all we can to get tomorrow in, you know, against our Murchie if we have to back it up or put an eight-hour work day in starting in the morning because our guys just need to play. You know, we got to try, like I said, build that depth. And we already had to cancel Tuesday's game with trying, so we got to find a way, you know, to make that game up because we we don't need to lose games before we have to get in the region because we got to, you know, we got to find two or three new arms due to some injuries, and we got to get our kids some, some – there ain't no substitute for live pitching. I mean, you can, you can throw Coach BP all you want, and they'll – ring it but i mean just something about live pitching slider curve change-ups i mean there's no way to get that except by playing you've also got a non-region doubleheader scheduled coming up with temple yes uh, you get the reciprocal game with kusa on the road what are some of the goals of the pre-region schedule you touched on it talk talk to our audience a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish during those pre-region games well basically you're trying to get you know you're trying to get your old heads, the guys that got experience last year, you're trying to get them back to where they were when the season was over. But then every year you graduate, you got to have some kids coming up from JV, and you're trying to you're trying to find the right spot for them. You're trying to find the right spot for them, and, and, and the pitching. The pitching depth is the biggest thing because when you start playing in the region, playing three games a week, I mean, 
you know, you're going to have some guys having to pitch. And then in those early early games in the season, you've got to get them experience. You can't you can't just ride your horses seven, eight innings every every game because when region comes, those young bucks or those new guys are going to have to pitch. So it's all like I said, it's all like a chess match. You're just trying to when this pitcher's on the mound, who's playing here? You know, because your your pitchers are your athletes in high school. They're still playing other positions. So when you pull them to pitch, how do you go about? You still you know keeping your defense solid. Absolutely. Uh, great points uh, all, all the way through that. Trying to manage that lineup, take the, the, the issues that you may have defensively and move people around to try to patch those holes. You made a great segue for us into your Region 6 AAA schedule. North Murray, Murray County, LFO, Cahulla Creek, Sonorville, Ringgold, Lafayette, and Rockmart. This year, again, you've got all two game sets. They're in back-to-back uh, portions of the schedule, uh, playing on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays for the most part. And, of course, the rain and the weather always moves some of that around, so you have yep. to shuffle that around a little bit. I know you're a big fan of uh, – we talked about this last year. You're a big fan of the back-to-back games within the region schedule. Well, I didn't like it at first, but I liked it after doing the last couple of years because – I mean, if 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 a team has a, a horse or a boy dog, you don't see them every time. You're going to see them one game, but then the next time, the next game, you got a chance. Now, like obviously, Ringo Snorville last year, they they had two or three good pitchers, so it you know it <laughs> it really didn't matter. But I like it because, like I said, you get familiar with them the day before, and you play them the next day. You don't have to wait four or five weeks before you play them. You know, yeah, and so, it's always uh, in in my opinion. Uh, it, it was always a better way of determining a region champion with the regular season because you got to see the full pitching staff from each of those oh, opponents yes. rather than maybe catching their stud, as you mentioned, every, two every different times. Yeah. yeah. Jackson Hyde, good morning. Uh, jump in here. Talk to Coach Billy Roper this morning. Coach Roper, I've got a question that for you that I've, I have for all the, the baseball coaches. Yes, sir. Uh, how do you, with the, the advancement of travel ball, <laughs> thing where this is especially in the south has turned into almost a year-round sport with baseball it seems like some of these kids never catch a break um have you seen in your time and you've been doing it a long time that, that the talent progress has progressed with the evolution of travel ball or have you seen it go the other way well i wouldn't say it's progressed but it brings other issues that you probably didn't deal with earlier in my career I mean, because I catch myself having to talk to my players even during football season. Hey, it's time to stop throwing. You know, it's October. You've been throwing for, you know, since February. So you find yourself having those talks, making sure that, you know, they're taking care of their arms. They're not, you know, but I, I have had older players say they just burn out. You know, that's that's probably one of the biggest things. The players just, you know, coach, I just I don't feel I just burn out, you know. So I was like, you know, guys, y'all, I can't tell you not to play, but, I mean, every now and then, especially you pitchers, you got to let your arms. And another thing about the travel ball, I mean, it's just baseball is about chemistry. When you have 14, 15 kids going to play 15 different places, they're learning 15 different philosophies, then you, then they come back to you, you have to kind of rein them back and get them back into your philosophy. And I'll admit that's been difficult because – you know, they'll ask you, you know how 15, 16, 17-year-olds, well, we did it this way here, we did it that way. You know, you got to kind of pull the reins back and say, well, we're the dares, well, this is how we're going to do it. Coach, we're down to our last couple of minutes, and we always seem to run out of time our first time around with our baseball coaches. Touch on your top bats in your order this time and who maybe is providing you with leadership maybe from the seniors on you on this year's team. Well, we got two, two of our leading hitters coming back from last year is, is Braden Powell and, and, and Chris Roper. And, we, you know, our basketball team lost last night, so Chris got back and got him one at bat, you know. But um, those two guys, you know, were our best two hitters coming back. Now, we still got some thump in there, the guys that's got to do better, and Tyler Driggers and Evan Sanders. I'm expecting, you know, big things from them. They hit, you know, they hit last year in the uh, three and four spot for us. Um, another senior that's, that's swinging the bat pretty good right now is Brendan Carroll, uh, junior, uh, Jack Whitley, 
Um, got a sophomore swinging the bat right now. Uh, good PJ Weeks, uh, Peyton Bowen's a freshman. He's gotten like eight bats already. I'm expecting, you know, big things out of him. Then after that, we just got a lot of role players, you know, those puzzles that we're talking about guys that are going to get in when other guys are pitching, you know, Craig, uh, Dawson Craig, Hayden Blaylock, Landon O'Neill, all those are sophomores. Eric Elrod, he's another sophomore. Um, we've got a bunch of those young guys that just got to come in and, you know, fill some spots. I talked to you about um, Peyton Boyd and Jack Nelson. They're two freshmen. They've thrown like five innings already in four games, so they're going to do some good things for us. But that's that's basically the bulk of our guys. And we got like two juniors right now that's trying to get well, Grayson Belcher and Wade Dooley. Hopefully we can get them well by region where they can, you know, help us off the bench or, 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 or go to the field. He's Coach Billy Roper, head coach of the Adairsville Tigers. Coach, thanks for joining us this morning. Good luck to you this season. Thank you, sir. Go get them, Coach. Thank you. Coach Billy Roper of the Adairsville Tigers up on a news break, and we'll be back with more of Bartow's Sports Zone. Styles Auto Care has earned your trust in Cartersville and Bartow County since 1965, and they promise to respect your vehicle as if it was their own. The collision specialist at Styles will make repairs with speed and efficiency, always with your safety in mind. Styles works with all insurance companies. Their work is guaranteed, and they'll communicate with you every step of the way during your repair. Styles Auto Care, 1261 West Avenue, where they can do everything for your vehicle except sell it. Wilson Pools has been your swimming pool expert for 55 years. Same name, three generations of the same family. This is Lee. Come by and see us at 109 South Dixie Avenue in Cartersville, the blue beach house with the bright yellow door. Or call us at 770-386-3324 for all your swimming pool needs. Free water testing, weekly service construction repair. We make swimming easy. To WilsonPools.com, Wilson Pools on Facebook. Welcome back, everybody, to Bartow Sports Zone. Glad to have you here. We want to thank uh, Coach Billy Roper of the Adairsville Tigers for joining us in that opening half hour. Wish him good luck as the Adairsville Tigers move on in deeper into their 2022 baseball season. Uh, and now we want to welcome in our second guest of the morning, Kyle Sandy from sandyspill.com. He's Bartow Sports Zone statewide high school basketball analyst. We're going to talk a little high school state tournament this morning. Good morning, Kyle. Charles, how are you doing, sir? It's an exciting time of year. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's uh, Christmas every day right now for Kyle Sandy. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, welcome to the zone and Bartow Sports Zone. You're a regular here with our program. Uh, we've uh, covered two nights, and we've got two nights in the books already with the 2022 GHSA State Tournaments. The first round of 32 is now done. Has there been a more entertaining game than that Sequoia-Paulding County boys game this week with both of those teams eclipsing the century mark? Uh, that has to be near a GHSA record for points scored, definitely within the, the past five years, and especially if you take into account that it was in regulation. Um, yeah, 135 to 112 Holden County was 17-24 from the three-point line, and they still get beat by over 20 points. Um, I don't think Sequoia is going to be able to score that much in the second round, but that is a game that is going to be in the history books for a long time and just uh, is jaw-dropping as anything you've probably ever seen at the high school level. Yeah, when I saw that come across my Twitter feed uh, after getting home from from my games that evening, I was like, this cannot be right, or it had to go five or six overtimes, and uh, turns out that was in regulation, and it was the correct score. Yeah, that is a February frenzy. If I've ever heard of something like that, that is uh, absolutely wild. And those kids, uh, that is something they will tell their grandkids and their great, 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 great grandkids <laughs> for as long as they live. Yeah, hard to believe, uh, and you wonder how much defense got played in that game. <laughs> Before much. we uh, start looking at the remaining brackets uh, around the state, and of course there's eight different uh, classifications this year, so you really got 16 different tournaments going on. 
Uh, let me give you a couple of minutes to comment on the three local teams. Uh, unfortunately for local fans around here, everybody locally that made the state tournament lost in the first round, uh, but did at least qualify for this year's state tournament. The Cass girls will start with them, falling by three points to St. Pius in the opening round. Yeah, that was a really tough matchup. Uh, what could have been like a coin flip game for me because St. Pius is super long. Um, their best player actually got hurt, tore up her knee uh, in the first month of the season. She's been out the entire season, so they've had to kind of switch uh, what they do offensively. But Kyle Snipes is a very good coach, and uh, Burt Jackson he just runs into these tough buzzsaws early in the state playoffs. Um, but it was a good year for Cass. Um, but that just shows the importance of grabbing that one seed coming out of the region tournament that weren't able to do so last year. They couldn't do it again this year. And then you play a really tough team in St. Pius, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Another local team that ran into a buzzsaw, as you called it, uh, Cartersville's boys. They fall at top 10 ranked Lithonia in, a, in what turned out to be a close game. Yeah, that's a very good showing for Cartersville to compete at that high of a level. Lithonia is a team that's been in and out of the top 10 all season long, but they're coming out of that very competitive Region 5 that has Southwest DeKalb and St. Pius and Decatur, uh, really good teams. And for Cartersville, not able to get over the hump, but for them to compete and uh, you know push Lithonia to the final buzzer, uh, that's a very positive sign for what um, this team, Coach Tobin, has going moving forward. And then the Adairsville boys, of course, fell to Hart County by 10 on Wednesday night. Uh, not a lot of folks may have known, but Hart County went through their region unbeaten and then got knocked off in the tournament, and that's what caused that matchup. Yeah, uh, Hart County with J.C. Curry, uh, a big-time athlete that's going to play at the junior college level. And then you have uh, Taj Johnson, a six foot seven junior, who has drawn D1 attention. Um, Adairsville, a magical run, especially with TJ Printup and what he did with that half beyond half court, you know, a full court heave and and one to get into the state tournament. Um, you know, the glass slipper, it, it was fitting for a while, but then that carriage turned into a pumpkin. But you got to give all the credit in the world to Adairsville for even being in that position and playing some very meaningful basketball and taking, uh, like you said, a team that didn't even lose in the regular season in their region, uh, again, down to the wire. So TJ Printup, I, I see he's starting to pick up some offers from some schools, um, really deserving of everything that he is getting thrown his way now, a very good high school career. That's a look at our local teams and how they fared, unfortunately, all losing in the first round. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, all of the girls' brackets and the boys' brackets in the other classifications. Uh, when we come back to Bartow Sports Zone. So stick around. We're visiting with Kyle Sandy of sandyspill.com. First Class Collision Center knows when damage occurs to your car or truck, the repair work has to be perfect. Your insurance company may recommend a repair shop, but let First Class give you a no-obligation quote just to make sure your best interests are at the core of the repairs. Specializing in vehicle service, mechanical repairs, body work, and big trucks too, First Class uses all factory equipment for your specific make and model. First Class Collision Center of Cartersville, online at First Class Collision G. When you're choosing a pro for work on your roof or gutters, choose the licensed and insured stars at All Star Roofing. Whether it's residential or commercial property, our focus on craftsmanship is unmatched in Cartersville and Bartow County. For a free same-day inspection and estimate, contact All Star Roofing at 678-245-9658 or call 770-655-0911 or find us online at allstarroofs.com. Rest easy under the stars when it's an all-star roof. Charles Wilson back with you on Bartow Sports Zone. We have Jackson Hyde with us this morning. Mike Garcia and Alan Sanders back in the WBHF studios with us on Bartow Sports Zone. And we're visiting with Kyle Sandy of sandyspill.com. He's our statewide high school basketball analyst for Bartow Sports Zone and talking about 
the high school state championship tournaments that started Tuesday and Wednesday. We're, we're through our first round of games, second round coming up tonight and tomorrow night. And uh, we'll have Kyle back again next Friday as well as we get ready for the state championship games. But, Kyle, in that opening round, girls and boys, uh, were there any big surprises that you saw out of the first round? Yeah, there were a few big upsets. I mean, Class 3A had a few of them. Um, Ringle being a four seed uh, out of Region 6 in that Lafayette region, they were the number nine uh, seed going into their region tournament, nine out of nine teams. Uh, they get into the state tournament, and then they take down a Monroe area team in the first round. Uh, Monroe area didn't have a, a terrific year, but they were still a, a pretty heavy favorite going into that game, and Ringgold uh, got the upset there. So that was a big one. White County upsetting Salem on that same quadrant, 62-58. to 58. Salem, a team that was in the top five pretty much all season long. That was an upset. You saw Redan, another 3A school, take down North Hall, the number one seed out of Region 7 in overtime. Uh, another surprise there. And then a team um, who is a four seed uh, up in Class 5A. They took down Northside Columbus, 57-56. That's Dutchtown, a team that always has a lot of really good athletes and has some guards that can shoot the ball. Um, they are a live underdog as they go up against Loganville in the next round. And on the girls' side, quickly, a few teams that um, really played well. Ringgold, who took down um, East Jackson, a team that was 23-3 and and won their region. That was a, a big win for Ringgold. So both Ringgold teams, Northwest Georgia advancing. Have a very tough region in Region 3, slipped to the four seed, had to go down on the road and play Thomasville, and they picked up a 66-56 one. So always interesting uh, as you go through those. Uh, and I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, you're paying attention to every classification. A lot of those out of the what I would call the middle classification, not necessarily as much of a focus on the on just the big schools. But uh, now we'll let you turn your attention to the second round as that begins tonight. We've got a mixture. They allow the schools to kind of move the schedule around a little bit since they are hosting at school sites again in the second round. Uh, the Sweet 16, if you will, for each classification. Uh, we've got about three or four minutes here, Kyle. Let's start with the girls' pairings, if you will. Take us uh, through what you see as the most intriguing games in round number two. I think there's going to be some really good ones in Class 2A, and the reason for that is Class 2A is so spread out. you got a pocket of North Georgia schools, Middle Georgia, South Georgia, and now they all kind of meet up. Uh, in the state tournament, uh, some really good games. Just looking at that, like a Washington County versus Fannin County. Of course, Fannin County girls had heartbreak in the state championship last year. Now they're going to welcome a really good team out of Sandersville, Georgia, and Waco. Uh, a traditional program, a traditional powerhouse team with the girl and Ashley Gray going to Alabama State. So that's going to be a really good game. Uh, Class 3 has some interesting matchups. Pierce County, a South Georgia school, will be hosting East Forsyth, a first-year program um, that has done really, really well under Coach Hedrick and is playing uh, their best basketball of the season right now, and that's really all you can ask for. And then in Class 6A, there's going to be some good matchups. Rockdale versus Carrollton, I'm sure that's a game you'll have your eye on. And then you'll see some more like Kell and Langston Hughes, a rematch of a game that Kell won close. So those are some really good games on the girls' side in the Sweet 16. Over on the boys' side, we've got the Sweet 16 coming up. Take us uh, through where you see interesting games matching up in the round of 16. In Class 6A, there's a lot of really, really good ones. Buford's going to have to go on the road to Statesboro, a tough-nosed team. That'll be a tough one. Uh, Kel versus Tucker, I think whoever wins that matchup right there is going to be a favorite to make it to the Final Four out of their quadrant. You see Westlake and Wheeler, two teams that open in the top three, I want to say, to open up the season. A lot of talent there. Alexander and Grovetown has a lot of length and athleticism, which should provide a really good matchup. And then in Class 4, a game that could be a – could either be a blowout or could be a sneaky, good, really tough game. Spencer will be hosting North Oconee. Rick Rasmussen has won a ton of games um, at Newton and now at North Oconee. He has that team playing great basketball. Uh, Spencer is very long and very athletic and very scary with how fast they can play in that press. 
Um, going to be tough, but if North Oconee can get Jake Chandler some open looks and if Brody Scott can be effective driving to the basket and rebounding, the Titans could have a chance to kind of shake up the picture in Class 4A. He's Kyle Sandy of sandyspill.com. Kyle, tell us uh, how everyone can find your information and follow you on social media. You always have tremendous amounts of information on the high school state tournaments. Yes, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleSandy355 and, of course, at Sandy Spill and then SandySpill.com, S-A-N-D-Y-S-S-P-I-E-L.com. And um, March 20th, going to be having a showcase event for boys and girls, an individual showcase camp. Don't forget about that. That'll be at Chester T High School. So if any players want to get seen, get a, a player evaluation by me, uh, just before the travel ball season tips off, we will be having that and should have some college coaches in attendance. Really looking forward to that on March 20th, the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase. You can find more information on that on my Twitter account and at sandyspiel.com. Kyle, always a pleasure to have you here. We'll have you back again next Friday as we get ready for the state finals. I'm going to put you on the spot real quickly. Mm. If there was an all-classification tournament on the boys' side, who would win it all? I think it would be one of those 7A schools. I'm not sure if it's going to be Milton, Pebblebrook, or Newton. The team that I've been rolling with all season long is Newton. Uh, Newton's lost a couple games when they haven't had their entire roster, but they're all intact now. I know they did lose to Grayson in the region championship, but that team with UConn, with Georgia, and with Indiana in the backcourt, all juniors, I think Newton has what it takes to be the best team in the state of Georgia. Kyle Sandy, sandyspill.com. We'll take a break and be back with more of Bartow's Sports Zone. Thank you, Kyle. You already know at Johnny's Pizza we offer $1 cheese slices on Monday, and Tuesdays we host Team Trivia at 7.30. But I also wanted to take a moment to let you know about our extensive lunch menu that we offer Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We offer nine different lunch options, each with a free drink, They're made fresh to order, and we'll make sure that we get you out of here in plenty of time to get back to your day. Stop by Johnny's Pizza for lunch, 244 North Dixie Avenue. Hi, this is Ivy Jordan. My husband Trey and I invite you to visit us at Latitude Blue under the Church Street Bridge in Cartersville. We are a unique custom-designed pool builder offering Pebble Tech and Imagine Pools. Latitude Blue has a service department that can service and maintain your swimming pool and spa. We also have a full-service retail store stocked with products to increase your outdoor fun. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Latitude Blue, bringing families together one backyard at a time. Welcome back, everyone, to Bartow's Sports Hub, brought to you in part by Styles Auto Care, Elite Stone Supply, Latitude Blue, St. Angelo's Pizza at Lake Point Station. Derek Strange, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor. Johnny's New York Style Pizza, Wilson Pools, All-Star Roofing, Three-Way Campers, and First Class Collision Center. I'll remind you also that uh, we've got Cass baseball coach Matt Thompson. He'll be in next week as one of our guests in the opening hour. And then we'll have Kyle Sandy back again next Friday as well. He'll preview the high school basketball state championship games. We'll be all the way down through the brackets, all the way to the state finals. So we'll have lots of interesting things to talk about with Kyle and the state championship games. Uh, Of course, we want to thank Coach Billy Roper and Kyle for being with us this morning. And I'll turn to uh, our guys in the studio, Alan and uh, Mike. Always interesting when we have Kyle Sandy. You know, he's doing all that, guys, uh, really off the cuff. He, he literally knows all these names, coaches, and players and teams all around the state. He's, it's quite impressive. Well, I got to tell you, uh, when you have a passion for something, it's amazing how much you just will start to absorb. Absorb. You want to be good at it. You're reading all the time. You're you're kind of taking it in. And I think that's it's always from an educator's perspective and as a coach, when you can tell a student that you found a passion, you can make a career at it if you're just willing to work hard. 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you, you got to find the right niche uh, in media when he, when you get to something like that. But very impressed always with Kyle, and he's been a good friend of the Bartow Sports Zone show and the Bartow Sports Zone podcast since its inception a little more than uh, six years ago. Let's turn our attention now to the state basketball tournament. Uh, we do want to we did touch on while Kyle was on the show a little bit about our local teams, but. Uh, we'll start with the Adairsville boys. They hosted their first ever state playoff game Wednesday night. They actually led 21 to 16 after one quarter before losing to always powerful Hart County. The Bulldogs 59 to 49. Trey Mitchell scored 14 in that game. TJ Printup had 12 and Trey Winters 11 in the loss. The Tigers finished the year with a 16 and 12 record, uh, but they really had a thrilling tournament run. They were down by three to Murray County. Uh, last week in the region quarterfinals with just 1.7 seconds remaining and had to go the length of the floor. Then a 65-foot heave three-pointer by T.J. Printup Jr. Uh, tied the game. He got fouled on the play on that miracle shot and made a free throw to complete what was really a shocking four-point play that lifted Adairsville to the region semifinals and also qualified them for the state tournament. The Tigers then upset the number two seed LFO 69-65 in the six AAA semifinals. That was LFO's only loss uh, at that point of the season to any team other than undefeated Lafayette. So that was an impressive win. Uh, the Tigers then took undefeated Lafayette to the wire, but lost by one point in the region championship game. Coach Alex Dispro's Tigers, uh, of course, falling to Hart County in the opening round. Uh, and we mentioned it earlier in the show this morning, Hart County actually went undefeated in their region regular season, but got upset in the tournament. And that's what caused them to be the three seed to play Adairsville in the first place. So not only did Adairsville play some thrilling games, in the postseason, they really didn't have a very easy route either. They they took on a lot of really good teams. The Cartersville boys stood toe-to-toe with Lithonia in their loss in Atlanta Wednesday night. The Canes lost to the sixth-ranked Bulldogs 67-61. to They had it tied with just a few minutes remaining in the game and actually led by two points heading into the fourth quarter. Romo Pace had a big night with 24 points for Cartersville. Luke Gamble with 13. And the high-scoring Cam Callahan uh, was limited to just six points. They obviously did a pretty good job defensively on Cam uh, as Cartersville's season came to an end. Lithonia moves on to play number three Tri-Cities in the Sweet 16 tomorrow night. Coach Mike Tobin's Canes finished the year with a 12-14 and 14 mark. And then the Cass girls, they suffered – uh, a tough shooting night on the perimeter, losing 55-52 to St. Pius on Tuesday night. St. Pius getting to the free throw line some 30 times, making 26. St. Pius 18-10 and 10 on the year. They advance to the second round. Uh, they'll play at Warner Robins, and Cass has its season end with a 23-6 and six year. They'll lose region co-player of the year, Claire Davis, Haley Johnson, Amaya Ford, Kira McDaniel, and Justice Bennett. So uh, quite a number of uh, seniors that will move along down in the first round. We were hoping we'd have a little bit more basketball locally to talk about on the show this morning. But uh, we will touch just a little bit more on those teams when we come back. Stick around. To win in sports, you need to adjust your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. Derek Strange, your Cartersville Edward Jones financial advisor, can help you create a game plan for your financial goal. He'll help you look at the big picture and help you plan for your future. Call Derek at 770-386-4545 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here along with Mike Garcia and Alan Sanders in the studios of WBHF. And here on our Zoom connection, I'm joined by Jackson Hyde and Nicholas Sullivan of the Daily Tribune News. And I do want to bring those two guys in for just a moment. 
our local basketball teams. We were talking about all three of our local teams going down in the first round. But, Nick, uh, you were mentioning during that commercial break, uh, those three games could have all gone either way. Yeah, I mean, uh, both the Cass girls and the Adairsville boys were both within a point um, of their opposition in the fourth quarter. And Cartersville led up until um, the last couple of minutes of their game at Lithonia. So, I mean, like pretty much all three coin tosses down the stretch. Um, not too surprisingly, if you look at the box scores, um, the St. Pius girls, the Hart County boys, and the Lithonia boys, all three shot free throws very well down the stretch. And um, it, it's a cliche, but that, that wins you games and that uh, keeps you alive in the state playoffs. Jackson, I know you followed the Cass girls much of the year. Uh, that was a game where the Cass girls just really suffered some poor perimeter shooting. Absolutely, uh, Charles. St. Pius decided early they were just going to defensively pack it in t- inside tight, make Cass hit those outside shots, and uh, the first three quarters really uh, was not effective. And were way down, decided to press there in the fourth quarter and and, and fought back. Uh, really had, a, had a chance to win the game there at the end. Uh, St. Pius got to give them credit, well coached, and, and and like Nick said, they hit their free throws when they needed to, and uh, was pretty much the difference in the ballgame. Still, lots of high school basketball uh, on its way around the state of Georgia. Of course, we won't have any local teams involved, but we will have Kyle Sandy back again next Friday morning to talk about uh, where we stand in the state tournaments, and we'll be getting ready for state championship games by this time next week. Let's turn our attention to some other local sports. On the high school soccer scene, uh, run through those teams and records real quickly. Cartersville girls at 1-4-1 and one on the year, and the Cartersville boys at 2-4-1 and one on the season. They host Villarica tonight. They'll be at Sandy Creek on Tuesday, and then they'll have their rivalry matchup at Cass next Friday. The Adairsville girls, 5-1-1 one and one on the year, 1-1 one and one in region play. Actually lost to Rockmart in a region game earlier in the week, but beat Lafayette last night. Uh, so they will uh, uh, host North Murray on Tuesday in their next match. The Daresville boys having one of their better years. They are now at three and four on the year, one and one. They lost at Lafayette last night, two to one. Uh, earned their first road win since 2019 this past Tuesday night at Rockmart. The Tigers have already matched last year's win total. They're a vastly improved team with some younger players. The Woodland girls are at 4-1-2 and two on the year. They're at Blessed Trinity tonight in their Region 7-5A opener. The Woodland boys are at 3-2-3, three, three, also at Blessed Trinity tonight. And then the cast teams, the cast girls are at 1-5-1 on the year. They're at Calhoun tonight in their region opener. And the cast boys with that same schedule tonight are 6-2 and two on the year. I'll turn to Nick Sullivan again because I know he's been following soccer uh, just like I have with writing up the, the game stories for Bartow Sports Zone uh, with the Daily Tribune News. Uh, uh, have you had a chance to see anybody live this year, Nick, on the soccer pitch? Uh, no, not yet with um... – the uh you know the birth of our second second child there at the end of january um and the soccer season starting early there uh kind of coincided a little bit so um haven't haven't really had the chance to to get out there yet hoping to um you know as region play really uh starts to kick up here um but overall um it sounds like it's been a, a good season um for most of the teams um they're gonna have chances in, in region play to, to make the playoffs. Obviously, the Region 7-5A, with it only being six teams, there's berths to be had there, and the Adairsville teams are always going to be um, in the hunt, especially the girls, so um, it should be an exciting season. Yeah, the Cartersville records aren't exactly where they have been in the past, but they always play a really tough early schedule, so that's to be expected. The Cass boys off to a 6-2 and two start, and, uh, of course, both Woodland teams with uh, over 500 records right now in the early going, but we'll see how all that begins to spin out once they start region play. High school baseball standings, Cass at 1-4 and four on the year. They picked up their first win yesterday, beating our Murchie 6-2. They have a couple of 
losses to Kale and two losses to Paulding County. So they've played a tough early schedule. Also, they're at home against Heritage Rockdale tonight at Central of Carroll on Tuesday and home against Central on Wednesday. The Adairsville Tigers, we visited with Coach Billy Roper early this morning here on Bartow Sports Zone. They're at one and two on the year. They lost to Coosa last night, five to three, and have a doubleheader split earlier uh, last weekend with Darlington. They're at home in a doubleheader against our Murchie tomorrow. They have Tryon coming up next week. The Woodland Wildcats are three and one on the year, playing a really Early tough schedule. They beat McEachern last night, four to three. They have wins over Carrollton and Rome. Their only loss coming to Paulding County, so they've played some really big schools in the early portion of their schedule, and they'll continue that with a doubleheader tomorrow at Marietta. They take on Rome on Tuesday and Wheeler next Thursday, so playing some larger classification teams are the Wildcats. And then Cartersville is at 2-1. and one. They had wins over Lasseter and Sprayberry last weekend, but then lost in 12 innings last night to the Etowah Eagles at Richard Bell Field. Uh, I was trying to get that game uh, completed for Bartow Sports on last night. I finally gave up and went to bed and just sent the score into the radio station this morning. We'll try to get that story up for you a little later on today on Bartow Sports Zone. But the Canes uh, off to a good start. They're at home against Forsyth Central tomorrow. Four games next Thursday through Saturday at the Perfect Game Tournament over in Hoover, Alabama. So it looks like uh, our baseball teams finally getting out there. And, Jackson, it always seems like uh, the weather turns sour about the time we get baseball season started. Yeah, it never fails, Charles. They, we have a, a good uh, good weather stretch there for a day or two. Right, Baseball kicks in, and here comes the cold weather and the rain again. But uh, like you said earlier, it's, it's nice to have uh, Lake Point at their disposal to get some of these uh, early games in. That's a look at our local high school sports scene. We've uh, – uh, unfortunately, had all three of our local basketball teams to fall in the opening round. Uh, but we do have high school soccer well underway. High school baseball now getting into their pre-region portions of their schedule. Of course, you can follow on BartosportZone.com and at the Daily Tribune News, uh, all of the tennis, the golf, and all the other spring sports that will be getting underway. Of course, track and field just now getting their athletes out there and getting ready. We'll have some uh, local track meets coming up in the very near future. We're up on our next news break of the morning. We've got some Georgia headlines coming your way from GNN, and then we'll be back with more of Bartow Sports Zone. So please stick around. Hey, neighbors, this is Sean again from St. Angelo's Pizza. We're cooking up some hot, delicious pizzas this month, and we'd like to bake one just for you and add a complimentary order of our legendary garlic knots for free. That's right. Bring the family and have a feast all month long. Just mention this ad and tell them Sean sent me. We'll do the cooking and you can enjoy all the other great things about St. Angelo's. The arcades, bowling, tons of bar specials and always great service. So see us tonight or pick up something to take home. We're located in Emerson on Alatoona Road next to Lake Point Sports. See you soon. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. I'm Charles Wilson on the Zoom Connection along with Jackson Hyde and Nicholas Sullivan. We're all on Zoom this morning with you on Bartow Sports Zone. We've got Alan Sanders and Mike Garcia back in the studios of WBHF. We want to thank our guests this morning, Billy Roper of the Adairsville Tigers baseball team and Kyle Sandy from sandyspill.com for joining us in that opening hour. We'll remind you that next week, We've got Matt Thompson, the Cass baseball coach. He will be our guest in the opening hour, and we'll have Kyle Sandy back again as we get ready for the high school basketball state championship games. So we look forward to that next Friday morning here on Bartow Sports Zone. Right now we want to turn our attention to college football for just a little bit in this segment. As of last Friday, it looks like we'll be sticking with a four-team college football playoff for the next four years. Andy Staples of The Athletic produced an article this week regarding the college football playoffs after the expansion talk was tabled until the 2026 season uh, at last Friday's meeting. 
Now, keep in mind, guys, the SEC teams have won five of the eight national titles during the playoff era. The championship game has been between two SEC teams in one-fourth of those games, and the SEC had originally thrown its support behind a 12-team playoff, according to this article. Comments from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey following the meeting sounded like his league is tired of trying to satisfy what the other leagues in Notre Dame want or don't want. Now, remember, it was the Big Ten and the Big 12 that asked the SEC to support a 12-team playoff. The ACC and the Pac-12 had thrown their support behind it originally as well. And, of course, the SEC was going along with that. But apparently, some of those conferences pulled their support for that at this most recent meeting. And now uh, we're looking at just a four-team playoff for at least the next four years. It's been tabled until 2026 now. Staples in this article has suggested that the SEC might just walk away from all of that and simply have a 16 playoff of their own. Now, that would be interesting if you had uh, a three versus six, four versus five on campuses, and then the ones and twos get a bye, and then you play it all the way out through an SEC champion. That would be a team that would be sitting there to play maybe one other team, the Monday after the NFL regular season comes to a close for a national championship game. Has it come that far, Jackson Hyde, that we'll uh, have an SEC tournament and a rest of everybody else tournament? History would tell us that, uh, recent history anyway, would tell us that that's probably the, uh, would get you a true national champion. However, as a, as a college football fan, I like the four team. Uh, set up. I think the SEC, if they decided to do something like that, would probably have to drop maybe a couple of those out-of-conference games, shorten the regular season to allow that to, to play out in time. But uh, be interesting to see how far uh, Mr. Sankey's willing to, to take take his ball away from the true, true championship format that we have now. Mike Garcia, let's bring you in here for just a moment. The suggestion was that if the SEC did that, the TV package for the SEC playoff alone would be worth somewhere around $300 million. Kind of hard to turn away from that idea. Well, you know, my confusion is that there's already an SEC playoff. It's called the regular season. I mean, they've got two divisions. The division winners goes ahead and plays for the conference championship. This... Look, if they can make money out of it, you know, bless them. Congratulations. But I just, basically, they they already uh, uh, have their own pseudo playoff system. If you want, I mean, what what are they going to do? Well, let's just take the top three teams from each division and start a playoff. Well, then why play a regular season? So that's that's where I stand on that. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept. Probably probably just a threat that's out there to try to get everybody on the same page. Uh, but it looks like uh, Allen will only have a four-team playoff for at least the next four seasons. And I'm kind of like Jackson. I'm, I'm okay with just the four teams getting in. Well, you know, one of the things I've talked about for a while is wondering if we're going to eventually just get to a point where you just have the four, quote, super conferences, and then you have your four-team playoff, the the champ from each of the conferences. Then the question always comes in, well, what about your mid-majors? How do you work teams in or out of those conferences? So I think everything we're seeing churning, people want to see, quote, a true national champion. And whether it's four super conferences or an eight-team playoff, I think we're going to continue to watch this uh, evolve over the next – well, we're going to continue to watch it evolve over the next several years. Mike, I'll come back to you real quickly. uh, My question is, why would the ACC in particular and then the Pac-12, it looked like they had their seat at the table already built in, uh, but then they kind of pulled their support for this expanded 12-team playoff. They may have blown their leverage opportunity. I think there's just so many confusion with contracts because uh, let's uh, th- this current 14 playoff. Well, if 
let's say they want to keep it. Well, they would have to renew it because this contract runs out in 2025. So if nothing happens, there is no college football playoff, regardless if there's an expansion or not. So to to me, it just seemed, uh, first off, we're talking about two different coasts and two different types of uh, um, groups of institutions and, and two different kinds of fan bases. And and uh, I don't know. To me, it seems like just a con- contractual mess that they couldn't get over the hump. Very interesting, and we'll see how it all plays out. And, of course, you know, they've tabled this situation until the 2026 year. But uh, as we well know, they can always come back to the bargaining table. They could always come back and have discussions uh, between now and then, even though they say they have tabled this for the next four years. We'll see how it plays out with college football. But uh, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Maybe baseball franchises all-time starting lineup since we don't have any baseball right now. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Bartow Sports Zone. Charles Wilson here along with Jackson Hyde, Nick Sullivan, Mike Garcia, and Alan Sanders this morning. Glad you could join us. Uh, It looks like no real new deal between the Players Association and the owners with the Major League Baseball lockout. Both sides have agreed that February the 28th, which is coming up Monday, is probably the latest date a deal could be made in time to get the season started on time and not reduce the schedule. And uh, as of right now, it doesn't look like anything is going to happen Prior to that date, uh, of course, all that could change today or it could change over the weekend. We'll see how that plays out. So to get a little baseball discussion going this morning uh, in its place, I pulled an article this week. The writers at uh, something called StadiumTalk.com have developed the best starting nine lineups for every major league team using players since 1900. So this is the modern era of baseball, and they've pulled the best starting nines for every franchise. So you can go look that up if you choose. Looking at the all-time Boston, Milwaukee, Atlanta Braves starting nine, the best since 1900. Remember, now Boston was called the Bean Eaters, the Doves, the Rustlers, the Bees before they were called the Braves. And then, of course, they went to Milwaukee and now in Atlanta. Let's run through that lineup with you and get our panel's thoughts on who was on there and who got left off. We'll start with the pitcher. They picked Warren Spawn, which is an obvious selection. Uh, played in 1942, took uh, wartime off, and then pitched again in 46 to 54. Had a 3.05 ERA and won 356 games. So that one's pretty obvious. The right fielder was Hank Aaron, so uh, not too difficult of a selection there. Let's jump around a little bit. The catcher on the all-time starting nine team was Javi Lopez, 92 to 2003. Had a 502 uh, slugging uh, percentage there. First base uh, is an interesting selection. We'll talk more about this in a minute. Freddie Freeman, the current first baseman for the Atlanta Braves, was selected as their best all-time first baseman. At shortstop, it was Rafael for call that they selected. And then in center field, it was Andrew Jones. And there's a lot of people that would agree with that selection as well. Now, the interesting ones come, uh, first of all, at catcher, where they left Joe Torre off. He had some better overall numbers, but never played in a playoff game. And that's why they put Javi Lopez in there. Jackson Hyde's not going to like this one too much, maybe. Who do you pick at second base? Well, they went with Marcus Giles at second base and uh, Glenn Hubbard. Got some interest there as well, Uh, but uh, he had a superior defensive range, but Giles had better offensive numbers. But then what do you do at third base? You've got two all-time greats that have played third base for the Braves in Eddie Matthews and Chipper Jones. Well, they did something interesting. Chipper played 352 games in left field, so they put him out there as the left fielder and made Eddie Matthews the third baseman. Jackson, do those selections sound appropriate for the Atlanta Braves? I, I, I've lost all respect for stadium talk. I've never, 
Mark Lemke's not your best second baseman for the Atlanta Braves with his his clutch performances in playoff uh, games. There's a problem. Glenn Hubbard has a small place in my heart, but Lemke is is by far uh, my call there. So so if Jones and uh, Aaron are or the two of the outfielders is is Dale Murphy the third? He was not on the list. And wow, that that surprises me there as well. Well, okay, we're running out of time, and I did want to squeeze this in. I teased it this morning for Mike Garcia, the all-time starting nine for the Marlins. Charles Johnson at catcher, Jeff Conine at first, no. D. Gordon at second base, Hanley Ramirez at short, Miguel Cabrera at third base, uh, Stanton in left field, Ozuna in center field, and Gary Sheffield in right field with the pitcher being Josh Johnson. What do you think, Mike? Horrible. Horrible. Uh, J- JT Riamuto, the best catcher they've ever had. You know, uh, Lowell, third base, Castillo. Uh, Stanton Yelich and Miguel Cabrera, throw him out and left. Who cares? He, the guy could hit. So, Well, it's an interesting take, and, and I encourage you to go find that. It's on something called StadiumTalk.com. They have the best starting nine lineups since 1900 for every franchise that's out there. They even picked three different lineups for the New York Yankees with their rich history. That'll wrap it up for this week's edition of Bartow Sports Zone. I want to thank all of my guests, Billy Roper and, uh, of course, Kyle Sandy. I want to thank our BSC team as well, Nick Sullivan, Jackson Hyde, Mike Garcia, and Alan Sanders. I'm Charles Wilson. We'll see you next week on Bartow Sports Zone.